everybody, and welcome back to the 13th episode of the Triborough Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Alonzo. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas O'Brien. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The first episode away from each other. What do you mean? I'm so sad. What do you mean? I'm literally right <laughs> next to you. Just look at the screen. No, no, look at the screen. Oh. I'm literally oh, right next oh, to you. Oh, I see you. you. Sorry, I see you now. I'm right next to you. My bad. Idiots. That's on me. That's on me. Mm. So, okay, you know, the Mets are making me lose some more brain cells, mm. so it's kind of dwindling my intelligence. You were smarter than... That was smarter than any decision that Aaron Boone made this weekend. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I am we sure. will get into it. You guys... Oh, yeah. You guys got so unlucky that there was no Bronx last week. Let me tell you. I know. Let me you, tell you. Yeah, you, you got lucky. You that... missed an opportunity of a lifetime. Oof. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, so but we're both depressed. Get into Let's it? get into it. Let's get it. Now entering the Bronx. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bronx. Nicholas O'Brien is an idiot and he's trying to change his lights. Everyone, point and laugh, point and laugh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it. It's gonna, gonna change mid thing. It's gonna be great. You've been working on it for the last three minutes, but it's gonna change, guys. It's, 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 it it's is. gonna change. Um, it's going to change. Yeah. Okay, Aaron Boone. Um, so. You gotta turn the page. You gotta turn the page. Oh, don't even get. Mm, <laughs> don't even, we're gonna have. Mm, I, I can't say that. I'll get arrested. Um, all right. <laughs> As always, your injury update brought to you by the Charboro MD. Um, Aaron mm. Judge. Is expected to be activated on Tuesday. I think it was when they put them on the IL. We said this in the recording that did not happen. Just precautionary. He could have played like at the end of the Cleveland series, but you don't mess with that, especially on a nine-year deal. Yeah, just definitely. you do not mess with that. Better safe than sorry. Exactly. Luis Severino. It's still early. Exactly. So. Luis Severino is gonna have a high A rehab start on Wednesday. Weird story with that where. He's like, no, I want to pitch on Thursday because I don't want to spend the night. What a yeah. Weird, weird story. But he's sometime. pitching Wednesday. Um, Carlos Rodon is getting a cortisone injection to help his stiff back. That's a weird situation because mm-hmm. nothing is hurt. Right. It's just, just like. Right. So it's like. It's, I don't that's know. That's just weird. I don't like the sound of it only because like it's always it's something new. Mm-hmm. You know, it what he went on at first for what was it his forearm, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was the forearm, and now it's been his back. So like it's it's just always something like creeping mm-hmm. up, but you know, hopefully he gets back soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, um, Josh Donaldson is close to starting back up uh, baseball activities. Um, who knows with that? I have a very interesting take on Donaldson. Should I just take it now? Okay. I'll just say it now. Might as well. I think that yeah. Josh Donaldson would be the perfect hitting coach for the Yankees. Really? Say that he retires after this year. Everyone in the clubhouse, all you hear is how they absolutely love the guy. So he's going to be right. in the clubhouse. The hitting coach sucks. So, and when you listen to Donaldson, like, I remember Jack Curry said, like, the first time he met Donaldson, if Donaldson didn't have to go, they would have had about a four or five hour discussion on hitting. And just, right. like, the breakdown of the mechanics and all that. So, I think he would be a very good hitting coach. Definitely. That, that's and I think it's to the thing where, like, his, I don't think his approach is this bad. Show. I think his body just caught He's up old. to him. Sorry about that. There were some technical difficulties. Now back to it. 
Alright, we'll do um game one recap. You got Joni Brito versus Yanni Torinos, bottom of the first, or Rosarina home run, bottom of the second, Jose Sirius back fly to make it two nothing. Yandy Diaz home run to make it three nothing. Harold Ramirez fielder's choice four nothing. Um, then you got to go all the way to the top of the six to get to the next scoring. Rizzo single, Glaber double to make it four one Rays. DJ walk and then the man, the myth, the legend, the non-impact bat. By the way, Harrison Vader three run home run to make it four four. I got oh I'm gonna I'm gonna rub that one in so badly. Um, and then in the bottom of the seventh, Jake Bowers messes up a play with a 95% catch probability and a run scores because of it, 5-4, that's it for the scoring. Brito ended up going four innings pitched, six hits, four runs, one walk, two strikeouts. Torinos went 5.1 innings pitched, three hits, three earned runs, four walks, no strikeouts. That was just no fun. Yeah, that was rough. I think the Jake Bowers catch definitely stings because that, was... that kind of – I know we talk about it a lot, but you never know what happens next, mm. but it directly correlated to a run that yeah. basically won them the game. There was a thing that I saw that they had a first baseman in – a first baseman in left, a guy they benched in right, and a – what was it? And a – in a third baseman in center that game. Well. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that, yeah, that just that makes was, it sound a lot worse, doesn't that it? That was really bad. <laughs> um, that wasn't the exact quote, but it was like three guys there, or two guys like completely out of position, and then uh, Aaron Hicks who was starting. We'll get into that. Right. Of um, course we will. Game two was Domingo Herman versus Drew Ramusen. R- Ramusen, however you say that. Bottom of the first, Manuel Margot double makes it two nothing Yankees. Or yes, Manuel Margot is a Yankee. Two nothing Rays. Then at the top of the eighth, Rizzo single, single, Rizzo single, Glaber single, DJ double to make it two one, and then Harrison Vader, the man, the myth, the legend, pinch hit two RBI single three two Yankees. I was told by you he's not an impact bat. Um. Well. We'll get into oh. it, I'm sure. Then in the bottom of the ninth, mm-hmm. nothing happens. Just to note, Ian Hamilton closes it out. Domingo Herman went five innings pitched. Four hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Ramusen, Rasputin, Rasputin, something like that. Um, <laughs> five and two-thirds innings, two hits, no earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts. Um, I think Herman pitched really well. I think five innings, two earned runs. I think he pitched better than that it was literally right. just the first inning against probably the statistically the best, the offense best team in baseball so yeah. in the trop which is just known for being like hell the pit of um, hell um yeah like even satan wouldn't go it's the eighth layer of hell um yeah <laughs> it's the one they don't tell you about <laughs> <laughs> it's the what's it called it's the um oh, i can't think of the word it's the what's it. a small text that you can't read? Small the fine print. It's the fine print in like the nutrition labels. <laughs> um, <laughs> can cause cancer within five seconds of eating. Um, yeah, seriously. All right, game three. Oh boy, Garrett Cole versus Josh Fleming. Mm. Josh Fleming wasn't the starter, but there was an opener. Fleming was like the yeah. bulk guy, so um, screw you if you're gonna be stingy with that. 
Um, <laughs> Rizzo home run, DJ single, then Darth Bader two run home run to make it three nothing Yankees. Darth Not Bader. an impact bat. Um, top of the oh fourth, Jose Trevino walk, Hicks double somehow to make it four nothing Yankees. Glaber double to make it five nothing Yankees. Then top of the fifth, Harrison Bader tri- leadoff triple, non-impact bat. Oswaldo Cabrera oh sack fly, 6 nothing Yankees. Bottom of the fifth, Jose Siri, home run, 6-1 Yankees. Or six, yeah, 6-1 Yankees. Wander Franco single, and it was one of those balls that was just, like, hit in the perfect place for the hitter. That, like, it didn't leave the yeah. infield, but it was still, like, a hit. Glaber ends no up, like, land. getting it. Um... The runner, I forget who it was, ends up going to third, uh, or like running to go to third. Glaber makes like this crazy play to th- um, throw him out. Oswaldo just had to make like a routine play on the one hopper, didn't make it. The ball gets past him. Runner scores, uh, six two Yankees. Bottom of the six, Harold Ramirez double, Isaac Paradis Paradis ground rule double, Manuel Margot walk, Christian Bethencourt homer to make it six six. Jose Siri walk, wild pitch, Yandy Diaz ground out, but Jimmy Cordero wasn't paying attention to where the runner was, so Siri scored from second on a ground out. Oh my god. Um to make it seven six raise. Um top of the seventh, non impact bat, Harrison Bader single, Oswaldo Cabrera round and <sighs> double. Um That's gonna be our first shirt. Jose Jose Trevino sack fly to make it seven seven. I want you to guess who scored that run. Who scored that run? The impact bat. Okay. Um, <laughs> top of the 10th, because this game went to extras, because of course it did. Top of, of the 10th, Aaron Hicks gets caught in a rundown. So it was one out. Uh, Hicks got to third because Volpe moved him over. Um, Glaber hit a ball to the shortstop with the infield in that, of course, Hicks ran on contact with the infield in when you're slow, because why wouldn't you? Um, I'm being sarcastic. You do not do that. He ends up getting caught in a rundown. Um, the pitcher, like, dives over him and, like, barely tags him. But it looked like it didn't tag him. And Hicks just stood on the ground for five seconds staring at the umpire. Then was like, oh, wait, he didn't make a signal. Maybe I should be running the entire time. He ends up getting thrown out of home. He was out earlier, but it's just, like, the principle of not moving. It's It's the little things. Dude, you're you're fighting for Ross Spry. You already have the double, like, build off of that. And right. he just that, like if if you had something good to take away from Hicks, that you take it away now. It nullifies yeah, exactly. Because that's just a zero effort play. Because even yeah. if you think you're out, you gotta still run it out on the off chance the umpire's an idiot. Yeah. So it's exactly. like uh, just again, it's the little things. It's the little things. And then enter Albert Abreu. Albert Abreu comes in. Gets an out, then immediately gives off the walk-off single to known Yankee killer Isaac Pradas. Thank you, Tigers. 8-7 Rays final score. That was Garrett Cole went five innings oh. pitched. Eight hits, five earned runs, six runs, but only five earned. Two walks, six strikeouts. Josh Fleming went five innings pitched, seven hits, six earned runs, four walks, one strikeout. I think that was such a dumb move to leave Cole in. I yeah. just, he was obviously struggling with control, and... Maybe you give him the sixth, but once like they get a double, then another double. It's like, why are you leaving him in? Yeah, he's yeah, he's obviously something. Yeah, something's not right. It's kind of an issue I have with Buck right now. He just 
can't really pull him. If you pull him and then it blows up in your face, it's the bad move. Mm-hmm. But then you keep him in and it blows up in your face, it's a bad move. But it's one of the points where he obviously doesn't have it mm-hmm. and you kind of just need to move on. That's also like you're saying that, but those are like 50 50 situations where it could go right. either way. This, like, everyone could tell Cole just did not have it. Right, except so for Aaron Boone. Like, yeah. Um, something to note, those were the first two home runs Cole gave up this year. Like, once you get into the bottom fifth, like, the wheels start falling off, you could tell that it just wasn't going well. Like, why are you leaving? Yeah. I just don't see how you leave him in there. Um, yeah. That game, like, you could – I think Cole – I think that blame falls on not Boone but Cashman. Um, just I'll get into okay. that in a second. Um, Cashman and Cole, but I think you give Cole a pass because he should have been taken out, but he gave up the runs, and that was his first bad start of the year against yeah. a team that usually owns him, best team in baseball. So I'm gonna give him a pass on that. But did you see the Cashman quote that came out a couple days ago? Cashman, I think so. Cashman yeah. literally ahead, had to say, "Aaron, I am not a pup. Aaron Boone is not my puppet." And he had to say, but if Boone makes a decision and it goes wrong, he has to answer for it. Right. And whenever a decision goes wrong, they always say the analytics. So it's almost mm-hmm. like literally admitting Boone does nothing. Yeah. Because, like, my thing is that I saw someone tweet it. It was some random guy. I don't know who said it. That if Boone makes an error and it's not he gets, like, the flack for it, even if he has justification. But if the analytics make an error, they're always like, oh, this was our justification. But Boone never gets the benefit of the doubt. Right. Like, I get there's yeah. analytics, but you also should be managing by feel of the game. You can't just use the analytics. Definitely. I mean, I think that's kind of the issue where a lot of teams are right now, where they kind of focus too much on analytics, mm. and they kind of take away... Yeah, I know, and I, I, yeah, I'm a big numbers guy. I, lo- I obviously I feel like I talk more about the analytics and all that more than you do probably, yeah. but it's to the point where a lot of teams are taking it like the end all be all when it should be like the start. Yeah. Like, all right, you have this now. What's the word? Build off it. Like, I, yeah, build off of it. Implement it. Cite your, into use the it as game. your sources that you're citing. Yes, exactly. But a lot of these teams are like, all right, this is it. They do an MLA this format, not APA. Exactly. Like, who does that? Who does that? Um, Horrible. No, nah, I just, I hate that. That's always been one of my biggest issues, especially with Boone. Like, that's a, like I'm not mad at Boone for all the stuff that went down, because it's clear that he's not making the decisions. It's right. the analytics and, like, all them. So I'm not really going to harp on him that much, because if he gets fired, you're just getting another yes, man. I think... Brian Cashman, until he gets a bye-bye, that's going to be a big issue. It'll be a very big yeah. one. Um, you have anything else to add about the games? Uh, no, you know, I think it's just... Look, I think there's a lot of positives to take from it. But it's it's one of those things where you can tell the difference between very good team and team that's struggling mm-hmm. where they take the good team takes uh what's all the, the opportunities they capitalize they take on the opportunities them. off the little things 
No. You know, the Jake Bowers catch that, that should have been catch. I think the runner scored from Ray first. Ray scored a runaway. Anyway. Right. So they take advantage of the little mistakes, tiny things here and there, to then kind of push them to where they are. Um, but look, there's a lot, a lot to get to take. Something to like note from that, every game, the series was a one-run game. I will say, you lose a series to a division rival, it's usually doomsday. I'm not that mad about it because the Rays are playing like the best team in baseball. They are known. The Yankees are known historically for never being able to win at the trop with all these injuries. I don't hate it. There was a lot of good to take out of it. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I'm not, I'm feeling a lot better than I was a week ago. I'll say that. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like you should. There's like I said, there's a lot to, take from this and kind of build oh, off there of, is a lot know, to take but, from this um yeah. okay so we'll get it started with uh the impact fat um yes harrison bader so the- all right let 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 hold on let me start okay bader fantastic series good for him he is a career league average hitter mm-hmm. a league average hitter does a lot for this lineup. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go on? That that's my. Do you want case. me to do you want me to counter that argument before against my other argument? Go you, ahead. You know what I'm gonna say. Uh huh. Historically, his home road splits suck. He is the right. opposite of Coors Field. He just could not play in uh, St. Louis, and he had like mm-hmm. he was like a 125 WRC plus guy on the road, and he also got to include that's for his career. He obviously got better with age than when he was when he was right. younger. So I just, I think he's better. I'm talking like, I think he's like a 120 WRC plus guy, 125. Right. Especially if like Judge comes back, Glaber starts hitting, Volpe starts hitting, and you get more consistency around the lineup around him. I think he definitely will be hitting around like a 125, and you maybe even see like a peak of 130 because he missed time and you don't know how many, like a smaller sample size. Maybe, maybe, but... I just I I can't see it. And the other thing for me is, look, he's not he's not a injury-free player, you know? He's coming back from the oblique, but Well, that's why I said like smaller sample size because yeah. He's not going to play as much other people would expect them to. Um Right. I feel like you're happy if you get 100 games. Yeah. And cuz the way that I see WRC plus it's just creating runs, right? Essentially. Harrison Bader was... The Yankees scored 14 runs. I want you to guess how many Harrison Bader was responsible for either driving in or scoring himself this series. All right, let's see. Out of 14. a couple home runs. I'm going to go with nine. I hate you. You're so annoying. A, li- a little I more than you. half. <laughs> Dude, that's more than three-fifths. Right. That's like 65% of the runs were, by, right. were created by Harrison Bader. He is the definition right. of creating runs. Yes, so it's he like, is WRC dude, plus. Dude, it should be Harrison Bader plus. Um, weighted <laughs> Harrison Bader plus. Um, Seriously. Yeah, no, he had, in this series, he had two home runs, a triple, shit ton of hits. I just. Look, I think. A double away from the cycle today. Right. I'm not going to call him an impact bat, but he's an impact player. Mm-hmm. 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 Would would you like me to? I know, I know differentiate. What you mean. I know what you mean. 
Okay. But I think that I, he's not—he's not, he's not going to be a slugger, but he's going to get on base. He's going to steal bases. He's going to go first to third. He's going to mm. score from first on a double. Mm. He'll hit a couple home runs here or there. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he's like an impact bat. Mm -hmm. But he is an impact bat well, when you have a guy with a negative WRC plus. All that stuff adds to his bat. His ability to go first to third, ability to steal, that's a part of his It has repertoire. nothing to do with his I, bat. I, I Honestly, like, not even, like, narratives aside, I believe it does. I don't like, think Like, I so. believe Volpe's speed adds to his bat. I don't think Th so. That's just how I see it. Because a single's a double of Volpe. I see the same thing with Bader. I feel, yeah, but I feel like once you're on base, that doesn't that takes away from I, the at bat. I just view that you're not as batting anymore. No, but when I think bat, I think your offense overall and the value you add to the offense. Oh, two different things. I, I don't it's know. offense and then your bat. Your bat is home runs, doubles, triples, whatever you want to call it. Your offensive game then includes steals, speed, all that good stuff. I, it's just a difference of philosophy. Agree to disagree. It's a, it's a difference of philosophy. <laughs> Um, I suppose. Let me... We'll stay on the happy train. So, DJ LeMahieu with runners in scoring position is officially back. Um, mm -hmm. Just put the league on notice. And 24 at-bats with running, runners in scoring position. He's 10 for 24 with a 417 batting average and 11 RBIs. His numbers are weird because he only has... He has three home runs. They're all solo shots. Hmm. And, like, his numbers are, like, men not on base or like he's hitting like 250 right so he just like doesn't care when guys aren't on yeah just like really i mean it's just like all right let's get it let's get it over with yeah. i guess like, that's why he's a perfect five hole hitter and he's not a leadoff hitter but i, I don't know right. i just thought that was really funny um yeah no definitely. great to see because the last two he went from being like hitting i think like 380 in two years of running a scoring position to like 220 over 2021 right. and 2022 so that's definitely mm -hmm. great to see is that bats look significantly better with our scoring position right. than they have. Um, then I think I only have one more note on the offense. I only have one more note, yeah, on the offense in the majors at least. Little teaser. Um, so just a question I was thinking about. When guys come back, does Oswaldo Cabrera get sent down? He's hitting on the year 188, Ooh. a 218 bat or 218 on base percentage, 260 um, slugging for a 478 OPS, and that's not even the lowest on the team. But that's another argument. Right. It's like I mean, he's probably the odd man out. Unfortunately, I will say this: he, he did options. go two for three with a walk and a stolen base today, and I think he had a sack fly. All right. Yeah, it is. So no, hopefully. Hopefully, maybe turning it around, but I do think he is the odd man out just because of options. Let's, do, let's think about it. So, you got Judge and Stanton coming back. So, that's probably right. Bowers and... Calhoun. I don't know. You would think, right? It's so weird because they seem to love Calhoun. Right. He doesn't hit. He starts hitting, and then they bench him. Right. Like, if you're going to... If he starts to hit, I'm all aboard playing him. But it's sure. just that don't they're that. benching him at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, and the, has he been primarily DHing or has he played yeah, the field? Yeah, I think he played the field once. Right. So I feel like with Stanton coming back, that's kind of his spot. You mm. know what I mean? So like. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Does Does he have options, or would he have to be cut? I think he'd have to be DFA'd. 
Oh no, we're okay. DFAing Willie Calhoun. No, I know, but still something no, to I think know. about. Um No, and kind of just something to piggyback off that is because talking about Oswaldo to Oswald, is do they just like think he's dead? Is he just not alive? Because right. like he seems fine after the ankle. He hasn't played yeah. since. And they just like don't like this kid. They just don't right. like him. Like I know. I and it sucks because like when he plays, it's not like he's like god awful. He's like a little he's been below pretty good, league average right? offensively. I think he's like right. seventy five. For a defensive first WRC plus. Right, for a defensive first player, mm. right, I would say. Yeah. Def hundred I mean, percent. He has the best club yeah, in the and, Yankees system. Right, and he an eighty five WRC plus is better than Hicks's negative ten yeah. or whatever the hell it was. And it's also a thing of he's young, and he's not getting consistent at bats. You give him consistent. Right, at that bats, ruins development. Exactly. Let him at least. I've and we've talked about this. I'm not the biggest believer in his bat, but right. I'm also a believer that it could be there. How are we supposed to know if it's yeah. there if you're not giving him an yeah. opportunity? Just prove it that it is yeah. there or isn't there. So it's right. just, yeah. Because then they'll use it as an excuse. He plays like one every five days. He goes 0 for 3 of two strikeouts. He's like, oh, he's not ready. Exactly. But no, he's just not getting consistent at-bats. How can you get into a groove if you're playing one game for every five games the team plays? Exactly. It's just, don't even get me started. Mind-boggling. It, it's dumb. <laughs> um... We'll, we'll stay with the offense. Um, now we're going to talk about two minor league players. I want you to guess who they are. Jason Dominguez. That's one of them. He's one. There's a third guy. Was... Only, only because I think they went back-to-back. Back. Austin Wells? Yeah. There was a okay. third guy I was thinking about doing, Andres Chaparro. I just want to say this. Mm-hmm. He started the year 0 for 29. He's up to a 250 batting average. Huge. Dude, he is... He... Yeah. He is. Don't. He's a DH. Um, he's a third baseman, first baseman, and DH. Probably just a DH in the majors that they do. But just give him a right. shot, please. Um, and, uh, whatever. That's what do you got to lose? That's besides the point. Um, so Austin Wells recently came back from a rehab assignment because of the fractured rib. He has three games in a row with a home run, and in his career, he's played sixty games in Double A. He has fifteen home runs in those sixty career games. He might need a catcher, too, by the way. In right. 55 games last year, he had a 129 WRC+. Plus. In five games this year, he has a 201 WRC+, plus, which is not including today's home run. Right. So he's just ha- – he should be called up AAA soon. Um, right. And a sneaky way or sneaky thing that I could see is if he hits AAA, I think he gets called up. But I don't think he's playing catcher. Really? I don't think he's playing catcher, though. Outfield? Yeah. Because they were going into okay. last year. They were giving him right. reps in left field. And even this year in spring right. training, they were planning on giving – before he, like, got his – he uh, fractured his rib, they were planning on giving him reps in left. Interesting. So I could definitely okay. see it be as a thing of they re- they, they're obsessed with Higgy, so they don't want to, like, let go of Higgy. And if the outfield right. continues to be – like, have left field as such a big hole, I could see them calling yeah. him up. And, like, later in the year, obviously, if he's able to like, – right produce because he is 23 now going to be 24 soon so it's not like he's a young right. guy or he's young but like he's young i'd say so for yeah. double a triple a that's kind of like the time when like if you're going to make it that's when you're going to make it yeah that's kind of like the um, cut off yeah yeah i'd say so um you know that's just definitely something to 
watch out for. I think he would... I'm, like, so... I think Austin Wells is either going to be the next, like, next best catcher, or he's going to be a bust. Right. In my mind, there's no way he's average. Yeah. I think he's a yeah. he's going to be a very boomer bust prospect, something to note. Then Jason Dominguez started off, like, putrid. Um, I know, like, his first 20, 13 games, he was, like, hitting, like, 150, something like that. But in his last 11 games... He's hitting 276, 512 on base, 586 slugging, good for a 1.098 OPS, a 30.2 walk percentage, and a 208 WRC plus, and five wow. extra base hits. That's. I, th- I think that walk percentage is that most is like the thing that impresses me the most. I think he, I think. I don't know if he walked today, but before today's game, he had 24 walks in 22 games. That's insane. Yeah. I feel like he's, what, 20? Not even? 20, I think. Just trying Yeah, to that's, I think, look, it's... Look at Soto. I feel that's like why when everyone you're... was, like, why everyone thought Soto, or, like, the thing people pointed to Soto, I'm not calling him Soto, but, like, the thing people yeah. pointed to for Soto when he first came up, why he was so good, was because of his eye. Definitely. And I think when you're evaluating young hitters, especially, walking is yeah. huge. Like, if they have the eye for it, mm-hmm. that... Because... If they have the eye for it, they know, you know, they have a good idea of the strike zone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the bat will eventually catch up to exactly. that. Which, obviously, for Dominguez, mm-hmm. it is. But yeah. for other guys, I think it's just a good walk percentage is just, like, a telling of good things to come, I feel. And we saw that in spring training, too. Where when, like, he was facing at least AAA and, like, some major league pitchers, he had some really good at-bats. Some, like, really, like, right. long at-bats. He may have gone out, but it would be, like, he would work the count would mm-hmm. works a lot of walks. So I really like his outlook. And there was a thing that Michael K said that he talked to like a very trusted source and like that's very connected and he could see a world where like if Dominguez continues to hit like this that he could be fast tracked and called up this year. I I feel like I've I think I've said this before. I I don't see it and look, I don't want to put like age as a factor, mm-hmm. but it's something you need to take into account because I think maybe it's just my my. Well, you can take uh, age into a factor when you consider um. When you consider that like, the birth certificates from the DR, there's like a history of some of them. Maybe oh my not. God. I'm not. No, like I'm being serious. No. And yeah. How, like, Dominguez, like he looks like he could be older, but he also looks like he could be nineteen, twenty. Right. Like, you saw the like it, and, too. Yeah. It might be my inherited PTSD from my father. But, like, you know, some young guys, you know, Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, they come out really young. You know, they're not entirely mature. They get into some trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, for me, I, I'm not... I don't really care how good your bat is. I think maturity is definitely something that matters. Mm. And I'm not saying he's immature. You know, I haven't watched him enough. But it's just... Something where I think calling up young players seemed like a good idea at the time, mm-hmm. but I'm just not sure how men- how well mentally they can mm-hmm. take it. Another reason why... I think just the adjustment. Well, from what we've seen so far in spring training, like a lot of the interviews, he seems relatively mature, like pretty mature. Right. Um, yeah. And there's no reason to believe he wouldn't be. So yeah. my narratives say he is mature. Um, okay. 
No, but uh, something that I mentioned, I'm not sure if I mentioned on the podcast or if it was just me and you talking, but next year he has to be added to the 40-man. Mm-hmm. So if you got to add him to the 40-man anyways, I wouldn't be surprised if right. left field such like a gaping hole and if he's like killing the ball that they don't give him a shot. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Right. And I mean what? You're, you're talking like a September call-up type yeah. or like, okay. September call-up, like, like right. maybe end of August, something like that, if he's like really killing yeah. it in AAA. So, right. It's not like you're calling him up in like mid July. No, no. Unless like okay. some bad shit's going on and he's Yeah, like, if 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 he's there that's not good. by then then that's there's probably good. a different issue yeah. to be talking about. But alright, I You know what I mean? I can kinda see it, but it's it's my thing with Alvarez, what they did with Alvarez, mm. the Mets did with Alvarez last year. They called him up in like September. And then they barely played him mm. and they just kinda threw him into the fire. And so far, it doesn't look like it's affected his development, mm. but it's just, like, that kind of, like, worry in the back of my head, like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen. I think it's probably, like, 90-10, 80-20 that it doesn't happen. But just, yeah. I, I don't know, something to note. Um, no, it's, it's definitely exciting. I, mm. I won't uh, discount that, but it's just... I'm not sure. I'm I'm very protective of my prospects. I, get that. I, I think. <laughs> and one thing, last note on the offense, I completely forgot to uh, say this, but did you know what the impact bat Harrison Bader did before the postseason last year? What? He I don't know what they were exactly, but he made tweaks to his swing based off what Pete Alonso does. Really? Like he, oh, you. Know, I think I don't, they they were uh, college teammates. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I can't remember exactly. I didn't read the article, but I know that that he changed his swings to his swing to incorporate some of Alonzo's swing, and that was right before the postseason. So it's like he's done nothing but hit with the new swing. So, oh, I see it now. Hold on, let me see if I could get it. I know. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Okay, I think it's a bat. Are you gonna go live or are you gonna? No, it, it's it's uh. So I don't. I I believe I would be breaking some form of law. <laughs> um, okay, so it looks like. Okay, so Alonso gave Bader a signed bat. Mm-hmm. He took some practice swings with the bat. He liked the handle of the bat. Resembled, okay, it was more like an axe, mm-hmm. like the axe end instead of like a regular mm-hmm. kind of like knobbed one. Yeah. Uh, this is a quote from the article by, let me see, let me get the name, I was good by name. Brendan Cudi. Cudi, yes, Cudi. Cudi, my mistake, but his swing felt smoother than it had in quite some time. Bader used his own version of the bat in game two against the Guardians. And then he stuck with it with the rest of the playoffs, crushing four of his whopping five postseason home runs with the new wood. Yeah. And then he brought it into this season, and I, it's been working, I guess. Hey, you guess? Um, I suppose. Yeah, we love mouth guard Bader. All right. Yeah. Now on to um, some uh, other so – on to the pitching now. I just want to mm. talk about – I mm. want to quote you. I want to quote you. When we were doing oh, the murder boy, mystery on me. Thursday, what was it that you said about the bullpen? The murder mystery? 
I don't even remember what I said. You said the Yankees only have one or two guys that are reliable in the bullpen. Yes. Okay, I remember I that. I want you to guess what team leads in Major League Baseball with the lowest bullpen ERA. I know their bullpen is really good. I look. I know they have a great ERA of the bullpen. But it might just be, you know, not watching enough games. But, like, look, you can't trust Holmes. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I, got a, I got something about that, but go on. Okay, but, like, I, I like Ron Marnaccio. I think Wandy's solid, but mm-hmm. he has his moments. Michael King should be used a lot more. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So I think three, maybe. I think who, who I closed out the game? I forget, I'm forgetting his Hamilton. name. I think, is it Hamilton? Yeah, he's been pretty good, right? I got four guys. I got some stats. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Prove so me wrong. Ian Hamilton in 19 innings pitched has a 1.42 ERA with a 10.89 strikeout per nine, a 2.04 FIP, and one save. Michael King is 20 innings pitched, a 1.35 ERA with two saves. Ron Marinaccio, 15.1 innings pitched. 176 ERA, Wandy Peralta, 13 innings pitch, 208 ERA. Four. And okay. I think you can make and. an argument for five. With Ooh. Clay Holmes, but not in the way you think. Not in the way you think. Low. In save opportunities, he's been absolutely horrible. But last mm-hmm. last night, the game was... I, I Let me... Give me half of a second. Did they score in the ninth or the eighth? Eighth. Okay, so they had the lead then. In the eighth inning, he pitched a really good inning yesterday. Today, he pitched a great seventh inning when it was tied. I think he's just not a closer. Right. Like, he crumbles when he's a closer, but when he's not a closer, he's actually really good. So I honestly think it's just a thing of that, that he can't close. Because there's guys that that happens. Or like they yeah, close, it's but... it's a mental thing, definitely. Mm. So I think as much as I've like hated Clay Holmes recently, or hated on him, I think that him not as a closer is a very good reliever. Right. So I think that if that I trend continues to happen, you can make a stronger argument for five guys, and then five players on the uh. Yankees. Um, I'm hungry. Um, uh huh. No, yeah. And then Canley coming back, you don't know. Hopefully, you get something there. Yeah, and that may be six, and you got. I it, I think it's pro- it probably was recency bias that maybe because mm-hmm. I feel like when when I said that I think the bullpen has kind of been blowing games a little bit, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just been Clay Holmes and I just kind of <laughs> walloped everything yeah. into one. But look, the Yankees. Have, I think the bullpen is the least the least issue. The, the least of their concerns. Less. Yes, it's not up there. It's you know not even. It's literally their strength. It's probably the best. It's their thing strength right by now. far. Right. So I think you know what it is. I think middle relief is good, mm. but that closer role just can't seem to lock it I down. I like it by committee, honestly. Right. If you, I think King should get the lion shares, especially because I picked him up in fantasy. But <laughs> Ian Hamilton. He got a save. He looked absolutely lights out, and he's a scary motherfucker on the mound. He looks so right. scary. Um, Marnaccio, I think, could have future potential to be a closer in him. He hasn't had mm-hmm. a save opportunity in his career, pitched this year and last year, but I think he legitimately, like, if they give him a shot, I could see him doing well. 
Um, Wandy, I think, like, matchups maybe. He could be a pretty solid yeah. closer. But I don't know. I think that you have four guys that you could have, like, a rotation as the closer and then having King take the lion's share. Right, right. I could see it, yeah. I don't know, I guess... Because people forget... Sorry to cut you off. People forget how... Yeah, you're good. Absolutely elite King was before he broke his elbow. And he seems right. even better. So it's yeah. like... Yeah. I think maybe I'm just a little old school, I mm-hmm. guess. When I, when I like my closer, kind mm-hmm. of. You know, like... I like my Edwin Diaz is mm-hmm. the closer, well, you know? Well, there's only like, like three you have that guys Right. Because I was talking right. to my mom about this because my mom was watching the pregame and she said, like, oh, the Yankees don't have a solidified closer. But my response was, I kind of like that for them. Right. Because think about it this way. Edwin Diaz pitches two, three days in a row. You're not going to pitch him again. What if you're in another safe situation? You're going to bring in guys right. like, uh, say you didn't have Robertson. You're going to bring in, like, yeah. Ottavino, who's, like, maybe. So it's a thing of, like, right. I'd rather have a lot of guys that know they can close the game and who are very consistent and if you know, oh, they, they're kind of burnt out. I don't want to do it. But we have this guy who could pitch who has a really good matchup. Because you could just play matchups. Right. You know what right. I mean? So I kind of like it for the Yankees situation. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Because I feel like there's, all, there's only so many elite closers. You got, let's see, Hader, Classe, Diaz, RIP. And I, I'd, I'd argue Devin Williams, but. Even then, he's had his moments. Pick and choose. Yeah. Maybe Hendricks yeah. when he comes back, who knows? But like that's we're literally right. that's three guys. One of them's hurt, and two guys are like maybe. Right. So it's like, that just proves my point. That's like, the Clay Holmes looked like Jesus Christ incarnate, and then now look at him. So right. So it's like, yeah. Right, you got anything fine. else to add for like the overall thoughts? Whatever. I'm. Just... No, no, I get it. Whatever. Okay, just attacking sorry, me. Sorry that I'm right. And I'm sorry that all your narratives are wrong and mine are right. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, but. Sorry that I use numbers to back up my I, argument. I like to look at the positive thing. Mm. Was that? Sorry that I use numbers to back up my argument. You're the numbers guy and you're hating the numbers. Yeah, I know. That's why I can't talk because you <laughs> proved me wrong completely. But regardless, I think there's a lot to take. There's a lot of good to take. There's a lot of good to take from the series. I think it's just. The Rays kind of outclassed the Yankees mm. a little bit. Like I said, they kind of took advantage of the little things, but this game there's a lot to like. Been a sweep. Yeah. Either way, I mean, this game could have been a sweep either way. So it's right. like I, it's just the little things. I don't hate this series. I know a lot of people are gonna like think sky's falling, but I don't hate it. Yeah. So. Look, I know given the context of where everyone is, but there's a lot. It look, I I'm gonna keep saying it until it's not, but it's it's early. Yeah. You know, we just got to May, mm. so there's Some a lot of baseball left. Um, right. Then on to a really quick uh, look ahead. They have a three-game set um, versus Oakland at Yankee Stadium. Game one is old friend J.P. Sears versus Nestor Cortez. Sears never pitched again the, against the Yankees, but he has not pitched well this year. Um, Nestor Cortez has had one start. Against, or no, he's had a couple, but most of them were relief appearance. I think he only had one start. Against Oakland in 12.1 innings pitch has a 4-3-6 ERA, but he hasn't faced them since August 2021. So that was like okay. a while ago. Who knows? Um, yeah. Game two is Drew Rukinski. He was on the Marlins. Um, versus Clark Schmidt. <laughs> um, 
Rakinski has only faced the Yankees once, um, where he pitched two innings, no earned runs, but that was back in 2018 with Miami. So that, like, might as well never face them. Um, yeah, it's just Clark first, too far back. Clark versus Oakland, he has one start. In that one start, he went four in a third innings pitched, four earned runs, no bueno. Um, then game th- or And also game two, expected Aaron Judge to be activated. Um, game three, Kyle Muller versus Joni Brito. Neither have faced the other team. Um, and just some <laughs> interesting statistics. I had to do some research on these. The first one I did not. Aaron Judge versus Oakland in 30 games. He's hitting 295 with 10 home runs. Aaron Judge just being Aaron Judge. Um, <laughs> this though, I literally went through like 10 guys. Um, oh, boy. Willie Calhoun versus Oakland. In 28 games, he's hitting 272 with four home runs. Sure. I had to I literally looked through so many guys, and everyone was like pedestrian against the A's. Bader never played yeah. them. Just really, yeah, interesting. I just. But Willie Cal, hey, yeah, I, let's let's have a good series. I had to do some research on that one. Um, and Brent Rooker. From the Oakland Athletics, the best player in baseball this year. Um, yeah, I know. He's hitting three thirty Minnesota. Um, <laughs> he's hitting. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. He's hitting three thirty <laughs> with a four forty on base, seven sixteen slugging for a one one five six OPS with ten home runs. The on base slugging and OPS both all three lead the MLB. Um, yeah, he's getting traded at the deadline. Um, yeah, I know. I was just going to say. He's, he's 100% getting traded at the deadline. But he's, he's an outfielder. Is so he's going to be traded. He's a righty. Damn. So he's being traded to... The Padres for Juan Soto. Oh, my God. He has better I, numbers than Soto. He does. Let's see. We're going to book it now. He's going to get, He's an outfielder, right-handed outfielder, who's going to get oh. traded. To Cleveland. You're saying Cleveland? Cleveland. I could see that. Because there's no way he doesn't get traded at this point. I'm going to go. He's going to be traded to the stall, 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 um, okay. He's getting traded one way or another. He's go. He will not be. There's on no the way he doesn't. Athletics. I will give no. my guarantee. Yeah, I mean, th- this isn't an ace podcast. It's not. So we don't care. Yeah. So I got- unless he gets traded to our team. Yes, then we really or into the division. <laughs> then we care. Then we care. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah, that's all I really got. Cashman sucks. A lot of people are going to look down on the series more than I am. I think there's a lot of positives with Judge coming back. Please just win baseball games. Sevy coming back, I think that's very underrated soon. Um, yeah. Sweep the A's. Yeah. This is a team you sweep. Yes. I'm looking at you, Aaron Hicks. Queens? Yeah, let's uh, get into Queens. All right, see you there. Now entering Queens. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to Queens, where the Mets lost yet another series to the Colorado Rockies. Let's go, Colorado Rockies! Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. It's because I'm a Rockies fan. Yes, known Rockies known fan. Colorado sports fan, Justin Alonzo. <laughs> Let's go. How about the but Avalanche? Before we get into that, yeah, how about them Avalanches? All right. Before we get into that, as always, your injury report brought to you by Tribro MD. Not too much to talk about, but Lucky Carlos Carrasco. Yeah. Carlos Carrasco, who is dealing with a bone spur issue. He did have a setback, but not due to the bone spur. He, um, apparently, he became a little ill, some illness, so was just taking a couple days off of rehab. Um,. Should only push him like another day or two. Nothing serious. And then Brooks Raley, uh, who's been on the IL for a little over a week. Uh, he's on track. Uh, he, I think he said that he took a break from pitching for like a day. But he's on track. They're aiming for Saturday to bring him back. So hopefully we get our lefty back. But that's about it. So how, how about them Rockies, how about them huh? Rockies? How about you know, I them think a piece of two or 25 away from making a real run. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not. <laughs> which, which is the issue. Which is why the Wait, Mets shouldn't be losing these games. Away from making a run. I, I'd say like 23. 23. A whole new pitching staff, but you know. That's besides the fact. But, again, the Mets did lose this series. They won one game, which was the first game. So let's get into it. All right. So game one, Kodai Seng on the mound. Had about, I think it was eight or nine days of rest since his last start. And arguably his best start of the season. Six innings pitched. Wow. Two hits. Zero earned runs. Four walks. Four strikeouts. I think he looked great. His Obviously his command, I feel like, just... His command's always going to be an issue. I think that's going to be his thing. Obviously, I feel like that's already been known. Known, yeah. It's always going. He's always going to walk a, a few guys, but four and six innings, not too bad. Not what you want to see. I mean, but... no, but I mean, look, when you give up two hits, no. besides that, and you strike out a couple, he look. He limited the traffic. Um, he, the, you know what? I will say the t- four walks, two of them came in the first inning. Okay. So for the next five innings, we only walked two batters. So settled in. Maybe. You know, still not great, but look, it's something. But look, he looked great, and he, you know, the pitching really needed to give us this game because this was a one and zero win for the Mets. The only run coming off a Brandon Nimmo solo shot. That was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a close game. Obviously, one to nothing. Very tight knit. Everyone was kind of like on, uh, like on their game mm-hmm. defensively pitching. I will say, they went zero and six with runners in scoring position. So it's not like they didn't really have many chances. No. They had a, a good couple of chances, but never really got another hit in. But look, uh, pitching picked them up, which is you love to see because. Not the, the same cannot be said for the rest of the games. Yeah. Yeah. Game two. 
Tyler McGill on the mound. He started rough. His first, I want to say, Darren? seven, eight pitches. Don't even get him. You're sidetracking me. You, you, got, you got me. I was about to say something. No. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Tyler McGill started the game with like seven, eight pitches out of the zone. And not particularly close either. It's not like he was just missing. Mm. So he racked up a pitch count pretty quick. Uh, he went four and two-thirds, six hits, three earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. Not great. Not Especially great. against a Rockies. Um, you look at all their players, their home run splits are like... Right. And they said this on the broadcast. I don't have the numbers in front of me. The Rockies are one of the better pitch... Uh, sorry. The Rockies are one of the better teams hitting the fastball. Mm. <clears throat> and one of the worst teams hitting literally anything else. <laughs> So, in my Just mind, in my mind, I would not be pitching these Rockies, like, very minimal fastballs. Mm. You know, I'd be working on my slider, my curveball, my changeup, and then maybe a fastball for a strikeout, or maybe just to change speeds. But Tyler McGill is a fastball, 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 mm. fastball. And look, I know that's like the go-to when you don't have your stuff. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I, I can kind of lean on my fastball. But when it's a team that chases out of the zone, can't hit anything else besides a fastball, what that are you doing? That part of the reason why Senga did so well. Right, yeah, he was mixing up everything. You know, he had a couple sliders, you know, his ghost fork. Uh, and the fastballs he did throw were like pretty... Accurate, like, you know, like, Dots. just off the black, getting guys to chase, things like that. But, unfortunately, this was a 5-2 to two Mets loss. The two runs, both coming off of RBI groundouts. So, Alonzo RBI groundout, and then a Lindor RBI groundout. I was in the first inning and the third inning, and then they did not score again. Seven hits, and once again, 0-6, Rufran is in scoring position. Just not... Great. I mean, Steven Nagosa came up uh, out after McGill, and he had one, one bad pitch, which I think it was like a hanging slider that was deposited right to the left field wall, well, left field seats. So it was a lot closer than I feel like the score shows, but again, the offense just really didn't show up. I mean... Look, 0-6, runners to score position, leaving seven on seven guys on base. Just not a winning formula. That happened again? Same thing? Same thing, uh -huh. yeah, 0-6. <laughs> I didn't know if that was, like, <sighs> referencing the game before. To, oh. No. Back-to-back -back games, 0-6 like with runners to scoring position. I was, like, actually asking. No, no, no. Yeah. But game three, the heartbreaker. This this one, this one stung. So, game three starter is Joey Lucchesi, who's coming off a, sh I think, four days rest. So, three or four days. Four's normal, right? So, five, I'd say. I. Let's see. He pitched. I think he pitched that Wednesday game. Yeah, he pitched Wednesday, so that's one, two, three, four. Four days rest. Okay. So Wednesday against the Tigers, he pitched like 50 pitches. 
this game. He only lasted like 70. But four innings pitched, three hits, three earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. I mean, a guy coming off short rest, I can't exactly fault mm-hmm. him. You know, it, the, he kept the Mets in the game. I mean, three runs, not fantastic, but not, it's not like he imploded. Yeah. But a quick scoring summary for the Mets. Uh, Colorado went up, went up one nothing in the top of the first, but the Mets answered right back with a Jeff McNeil RBI single and then a Beatty 2 RBI single. Loved that. Five-hole hitter Beatty, might I add. But Beatty 2 RBI single, so the Mets answered right back with three runs in the bottom of the first to take a 3-1 lead. Colorado would then come back with two runs in the third, but Mets answered back in the fourth with a McNeil RBI single, an infield single, I might add, which probably should have been a double play, but we take it. And then the implosion. Ball don't lie. So because Luch- yeah, because Lucchesi only went four innings, obviously you're going to need a couple multi-inning guys. And so the Mets turned to Jimmy Yacobonis who was nearly perfect in Detroit for his multiple innings. Cannot say the same here. He was I mean, the just, opposite Jimmy of nearly perfect. Lasted, he, he got one out. Three hits, five runs, two walks. Tommy Hunter came in, and in two and two-thirds, he let up four hits, three runs, a walk, and two strikeouts. Hey, he struck out, struck yeah. out every batter he got out. Oh. So, the Mets lost this game 13-6. to They scored again off a Guillaume RBI single and a Vogelback solo home run. Where do I even begin? Where, where do I even begin? You lose 13-6. to off of Rockies, who are not a great baseball team. Could be worse, mm. but they're not great. They have a couple guys, but you should not be losing 13-6. Right now, these Mets are not a good no. baseball team. You drop one game, whatever shit happens, but to lose a series to the Rockies right. at home is like... Right, yeah. Sunday game, rubber match, and you lose 13-6. to six. The Mets are just not a good team right no. now. They've lost... They're 3-7 and seven in their Can last 10 you? games. They're not playing like a good team right now. Yeah. I think they're a good team, but they're, they're not, not playing, like a, good playing team. like a good team. Yeah, I agree. That, that sounds a little better. That, I think that kind of encapsulates what's going mm. on. Um, I will say, the Sunday lineup was a nice change because before recording, uh, you know, after game one, after game two, I was ready. You know, things need to change. The lineup needs to be shaken up. Something has to give. So today and Sunday, the Mets rolled out a sort of new lineup. You got you know, Nimmo's always leading off. Then you got. Lindor in the two-hole, McNeil, Alonzo, Beatty. One through five. I love that one through five. Mm. 
Say it one more time. I think as of right now, Nemo, okay. Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo, okay. Beatty. Weren't you calling for something almost exactly like that? Yeah. So, so, uh, so, something like that. And the main part of it is, uh, I, I hate to say it, but uh, it, no Starling Marte. Mm-hmm. Marte sat Sunday's game. I mean, first game to score one run, second game to score two. A lineup with no Marte, they score six. And then the Mets, I mean, look, they scored six throughout the game. And the Mets um, scored three in the bottom of the first. They answered right back. Yeah. You know, Nemo got on, Lindor got on, McNeil scores, uh, hits RBI, and then Beatty hits a two-RBI two single. So I think it, this is a change that needed to happen. Hmm. Mar, Marte is just... I, I hate to say it, but Marte is just not great. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his OPS dropped below 600. He's hitting like 220. If only I could have guys that had OPSs barely under 600. I wish I could have that. You ungrateful I'm son sh- of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But... He's just not. I don't know what it is. It's it's frustrating because obviously I big Marte guy, and I I think it's not, not the player who he is, and I think he knows he's struggling, and I think he's pressing a little bit probably, but you know Nimmo gets on, and then it's like he grounds into a double yeah. play, or Nimmo gets on and then he strikes out. Or something. It's just uncompetitive at-bats that just don't look mm. great. And look, I'll give him benefit of the doubt. He's coming off double groin surgery over the offseason. He's, ha- he's been having a little bit of a neck issue. So he might be playing hurt. But the Mets are on a ride, a stretch, I guess, where they're not playing great. And they can't really have Marte struggling like mm. that. So I like the lineup changes. I think... Beatty has been more than he can ask for so far. He's been great. Um, should have been here from the start, but that's regardless. That's besides the point. I like the lineup, but at the same time, that bo- I feel like no matter who you put in that bottom three, the bo- like the bottom three Sundays game, can I Guillermo Alvarez? Alvarez put up some fight. You know, he went one for three with. A, du- a hard struck double and a walk, but Canna went one for five. Guillermo went two for four. I mean, and it's like, it's not like they're getting hits in good timing. It's like, you know, a single, but that doesn't do anything. I look, I know Guillermo is, you know, a defensive replacement type of guy. I don't think you can start not start. I don't think you can give at bats to Guillermo over Escobar. Mm. Or I feel like Escobar has a little more upside. He has a bit more of a better track record when it comes mm-hmm. to hitting. And they played they Escobar at second base on 
Exactly. Yorme has like two career home runs. And he's been here for a bit. I know he's a bench guy and doesn't get a lot at bats, but still. Mm. Escobar, he played second on Saturday's game. He looked a little rusty. He hasn't played second since 2001, I think. What? But he had... Yeah. What year? 2021. Did I say 2001? I was was like, what? Yes, it's been 20... He's been in the league for 20 years. Maybe that's the issue. I was... Yeah, but yeah, I think Escobar needs some more ABs. I'd like to see Escobar in rather than, you know, Yorme at second mm-hmm. base. I'd rather see Escobar in rather than Tommy Pham, who ha- I feel like hasn't gotten a hit. In. Yeah, I-, I don't remember the last time the guy got a hit. Well, I lied. He had a good, uh, he had a good series in Detroit. I'll give him that. But, man, I just, I don't see it with him. I, uh, I know he's there for, like, um, fourth outfielder, so, like, I'm not expecting a lot, but... But when you have Cano, who's not playing well, Marte, who's not playing well, then it's, like... Exactly. It just, um, glorifies, like, heightens it, I guess. Highlights him more? Highlight, yeah. Just... Look, he has a 98 OPS plus right now, which but you take out that is first, fine. Like, week of when he was playing, what it's like the Franchi Cordero effect. You take out like the first week of what he was doing, then what are his numbers like? Right, right, and you know I feel like it might be a little bit of nitpicking, but I feel like he's a guy just, you can his... nitpick with though. Yeah, because, because he's a fourth outfielder, and because he's a, you know he's. Man, I just, look, I never liked to sign him to begin with, and just, like, anytime he does bad, it's like, see, I told you. But it's like you Old man it's yelling like at you clouds. in baseball, because you're supposed to fail, I know. but, like, he's failing more right, than he's but supposed to. Stop yeah. it. Right. Look. There's so much I could say about this team mm. that has already been said. But something I will say is stop blaming the offense. Mm. I think that narrative is done and over with. The offense is not the problem. They scored six runs today. You know what is the problem? The pitching staff that gave up 13. Six runs is is a good game Mm. for for an offense. You know, you're not going to score six runs every game. The Yankees led the league in runs... At five and a half in 2019. So with the juice right. balls, they had five and a half. And they were the best in baseball. Right. So six is a really exactly. good amount. It's a solid amount. Six is six should win you a baseball game. Seven should win you a baseball game. I'm looking at you, Garrett. <laughs> but, man, I this pitching staff is rough Mm. i it's not stop it (laughs) let me let me pull it up let me make myself sad i'll stall 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 no the mets pitching staff is currently ninth well ninth worse in era with a four seven four 
they let's let, let's do some uh they have walked the third most batters mhm mm yeah they have given up the tenth most runs and they have given up the third most home runs their whip is one point three six. The pitching staff is the problem. Yeah. It's not the offense. The all I I am more confident in the offense than the pitching staff. The offense will come around, you know, like today, six runs. Nothing to scoff at. Look and Nemo has been hot and cold. Lindor has been like consistently good, but he's not he hasn't gone hot yet, I don't think. Alonzo cooled off a lot. You know, McNeil is having a little bit of stretches. Beatty has been good. But Canna... Who else? Yeah, Marte. And I will say, for catching, I cannot understand putting in Tomas Nito over Alvarez. Mm. Like, you want to, you want to, like, cite defense is the issue? It's not... Anymore, uh, let's see. Francisco hard. Alvarez, yeah. Let's see, Francisco Alvarez right now is currently very good at framing. I'll get Nito's by the way while you're doing that. Thank is you. it with an H or no H? No H. Francisco Alvarez currently. Is 96 percentile in framing. Ooh. Very good. Mm. He it, he has it's this is a new stat by the way. He has two catcher framing runs, mm. and he has a strike rate of 58. I want you to 53.8. I want you to guess uh, Nito's framing. I don't want to know. 50 second. Mm. There you go. That's, that's crazy. For a defensive first catcher, and for a guy who was nominated for a gold glove last year, you can't have that. Uh, Alvarez is better right now defensively than Nito. Alvarez should be getting... better offensively with how much more upside? Miles. Mm-hmm. Like, forget his stats right now. Alvarez has so much more upside than Nito that you have to play him. Mm. And again, you cannot cite defense as a reason not to. Because mm. obviously... Alvarez right now is the better mm. defender. He's a better cat. He's a better framer. Uh, you know, he's been a better blocker. He's getting a lot more strike calls. He's the better mm. catcher right it's, now. And you cannot. I was going to say, it's the Oswald Peraza debate where it's like, he may be like around the same, maybe a little better than other guys, like an IKF or something that you could play over him. Like if you mix around some positions, but it's like his upside and his youth should just give him the nod. Into not is just yeah. like embarrassing, frankly. It is, it is, because Nito gives you nothing mm. offensively. Nothing. He, he's a, basically a pitcher who's going to sack bunt every time he's up if there's a guy on. In, in the world of a DH, like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, the whole. Re 
I could go on this for like hours, but because we're on the topic ahead, of catchers, and it made me think about Nito. Um, I want you mm. to guess what percentile Kyle Higashioka is in framing. What is it? Three. A defensive first backup catcher, third percentile in framing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just got curious on that, so I looked that up. Go on. Yeah, not great. But look, I. It's frustrating, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like the Mets are known for pitching. That's kind of their thing, and the pitching is just not there. Yeah. Look, your ro- your rotation right now. Look, you got Max back. You got Verlander back. Verlander looked good. Max didn't. But after that, you got Sanga, who's been okay. Mm. You know, he's adjusting. I can't really harp on him too much. But then you had <clears throat> David Peterson, who was atrocious. He got sent down. Tyler McGill, who's barely a five inning pitcher. Joey Lucchesi, who's just coming off of Tommy John. And, look, I can sit here and be like, oh, the injuries, you know, the injuries. Because, look, the rotation in the offseason was Scherzer, Verlander, Sanga, Quintana, Carrasco. Carrasco's hurt. Quintana's hurt. You just got back Scherzer and Verlander. Peterson and McGill were your six and seven starters. Lucchesi was maybe your seventh, arguably lower, Mm -hmm. because you also have guys like Jose Buto. So, I can sit here and talk about injuries, but I think the rotation is on the shoulders of Scherzer and Verlander. Which is... Pitching. Pitching like the guys who signed them for Which is also like a thing of... Go ahead. Can you really rely on that? Not exactly. to their fault. Literally yes. to father's time fault. Right. And look, you went into the season with that Jose Quintana without Bryce Montes de Oca, who could have been in the bullpen. Without Diaz, obviously, who's in the bullpen. Sam Coonrod was a guy going to be in the bullpen. Right. You start without Verlander. Eliezer Hernandez, who was another option for a long relief. Steven Writings, who doesn't exist. He just got put on the 60-day, right? Yeah. And there's more that I'm missing. I'm sorry, I'm laughing so, because yes. I forgot Steven Writings existed. Yeah. So, there's more than I'm missing. And this bullpen, I feel, could have been a lot better than it is right now. You know, you're missing Diaz. You're missing someone like Montes de Oca. You're missing Coonrod, who looked really good in spring. Excuse me. You're excused. Thank you. But, look, the bullpen right now is shot. Because these starting, I feel like I say this every pod, every episode. These pitchers are going five innings. If that. If they can even make five innings. They are. Which is why... Yes, they are a hitting, a wall, hitting a wall. That's why you have to rely on, you know, the Jimmy Yacobonis and the Tommy Hunter and the Jeff Brigham's to give you two, three innings at a time. 
You know, these guys aren't getting rest. It's unfair rest. to both sides. Like, yes. the, you shouldn't... It's unfair to them because they're, they're being relied on for something that is just not their skill set. And it's also, right. like, a disservice almost to the team that you are relying on guys that you know will not work as, like, an excuse right. to, like, roster management or, like, whatever the excuse is. Right. Your bullpen right now, David Robertson, Adamantavino, Drew Smith. Great. That's your seven, eight, nine right there. But then you, Steven Nagosik, who's been solid, he's your, you know, he's your solid two-inning guy. But when you need a two-inning guy every yeah. game, that's when you rely on the You're Tommy Hunters and the Jimmy Yakabonuses. Exactly. And look, these guys aren't bad by any means, but when you're using them so much for multiple innings at a time, that's when they have bad outings. Mm. Jimmy Yacobonis pitched two innings in the Detroit series. He gets like two, three days off, and he's asked to pitch multiple innings again. What I mean, it's frustrating because I feel like this team should be a lot better because... I I know Twitter is a place. Oh, Twitter is a place. <laughs> it's a place. Thank you, Elon. Yeah, basically. And everyone is, you know, coming for the offense, you know. DFA Vogel back. Cut Escobar. Option Guillaume. Bring up Mauricio. Bring up Vientos. I want to talk about them for a second. Vientos? Sure, I get it. He's mashing the ball. I don't think he can learn anything else in AAA. He's a major league ready player. The issue with Vientos, he doesn't have a position. Vientos You're going to play him at third base over again? Beatty? He's a righty. He's a third, third base, first third baseman, base. basically. Okay. So where would you play him? Yeah, you're going to play him over Beatty? No. You're going to play him over Alonso? No. Are you going to play him over Vogelback against a righty? <sighs> Contrary to popular belief... Vogelback is good. I'm shocked that we can... have to say that. I know. I know. Let me get up his splits right now. Because he's had a couple at-bats against the lefties that kind of skew it. Mm. When he shouldn't be playing against yeah, lefties. That's just... that's just not his thing. You can't be met. You ready for this? Against right-handed pitching, Vogelback is hitting 293 with an 844 OPS. A 431 on base percentage. 431. Is this slugging lower than his on base? Yes, that's okay. the issue. No, I just did like some quick math and I. But go on. Yeah. You know, because he's the DH. He's a big guy. He should be hitting home runs. That's not his game. Uh, we talked about it like off camera, but. I think it's his lack of slugging is heightened because he gets on base, but no one's there to drive him in. I was about to say that the only solution, and I don't think they should do this, is to put him in the top three of the order. You know what I right, mean? Right, which you're just, you're just not yeah. going to do. Which, yeah, I get it. I, I would agree, but, you know, that one, two, three is almost set with or without Marte. Well, one, you know, two, three, Marte four. instead of... Right, Exactly. Arguably one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna mix it up that much. But look, Vogelback is a solid player. 
You're not going to cut him. You're not going to DFA him. He has his uses. So I, you're not, I don't think you should bring up Vientos to be the other half of a DH. I would agree. Because Vientos is hitting right-handed pitching. So he should be playing every day. He just doesn't have a position. Mauricio. I understand he had a great spring. He was very entertaining. I don't think he's major league ready. What is the he other thing is, is he in AAA? He is in AAA, yes. He's a shortstop. Obviously, you're not going to play him over Lindor. Oh, yeah, because they you're started DFA playing. Lindor. Yes, because Lindor sucks. Because he's hitting 215 no, or whatever. With, you know, a 750 OPS, but regardless. Mauricio, right now, he's, he's here in AAA. He's hitting 333 with a 951 OPS, 81 slugging, but 370 on base. Mm-hmm. Great. You want to know what his career uh, on base percentage is? Is it under 300? No. But it's not much more than 307. that. 305. 305. In 2022, he had a 296 on base. 2021, 296. 2019, 307. 2018, 304. That's horrible. That's Really horrible. bad. And I know it's one of those things where, like, okay, so he's just not going to get on base. That's kind of the name of the game. Right, and that's the Mets' philosophy. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, the Mets want to work pitch- pitchers, they want to take their walks, and they want to string hits together. That's what they are. I understand they need more power, and Mauricio definitely brings that. 581 slugging. I understand that. But Mauricio is not going to play shortstop over Lindor. I don't even think he's going to play second over McNeil. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can move McNeil to the outfield, but still. I don't think Mauricio is ready. He's like, he's like 20... What? He's 21. Turning 22. Yeah. Turning... Nope. I lied. It's already May. He's 22. So he has a lot of room to grow. But he's just, I don't think he's ready yet. And I get it. It's easy to say, oh, just cut this guy, cut that guy. Option Guillaume. Guillaume has a use whether you like it or not. He's your late game defensive Mm. replacement. And you cannot build a roster off of sluggers on on the bench. So, you know what? Go ahead. Option Gourmet, you have Mauricio. Okay. Cut Vogelback, you have Vientos. DFA Escobar, and, you know, and for Vientos. Whatever you want to say. That's not good roster management. No. You know, you have Nito as your backup catcher. Guillaume is your defensive replacement. Escobar, which I feel who should be playing a bit more. He's your pinch hitter. And... I don't even know what else. Backup infielder as well. And then Tommy Pham, who's your backup outfielder. Mm. You're not going to... The only guy I can maybe see cutting is Pham. Because, you know, you can... I guess you can maybe get away with using McNeil as a fourth outfielder. Even though he's going to play every Mm. day, you can shift him to the outfield whenever. But it's just not good roster management to, you know, cut everyone and bring up all the prospects. I had a uh, question... 
do you think there is a world where, whether it be injuries or guys getting cut so much in the outfield, like say that Tommy Pham gets cut, one of the outfielders goes on the IL, do you think there's a world where Beatty gets moved to the IL, they call Vientos to play third? Or Beatty gets moved to the outfield. I think I said outfield or IL. I don't okay. remember what I said. but You said IL. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Beatty to the uh, outfield. To, yeah, I wouldn't put it out of the question. Mm. Uh, I mean, he has played some left field in the minors. Not a lot, but they have tested him there. I could use a left fielder. Uh, yeah. I think the more likely option, I guess, outcome. The more likely outcome in a situation like that is you play McNeil in the outfield every day, you have Escobar at second base. Mm. Keep Beatty at second. Okay. I mean, third. I think that's the more likely outcome. But I would not be opposed to trying Beatty in the outfield and, you know, maybe calling up Fientos mm. to play third. Oh, no, just a I wouldn't be that against that. Right. But, no, I wouldn't be against that. But, look, the offense isn't the issue. It's the pitching. No. The pitching is, like, bottom 10 at least in, like, almost every major category. In bottom 5, They're, bottom 3, and a lot of, a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're not pitching deep in the games. You're overworking the bullpen. You know? And that's when you get beat when you're relying on these, you know, on these guys who arguably shouldn't be on the major league roster. Exactly. So... I am sick, I guess, of people complaining about the offense, mm. and you know, it, this is a really this is a bad team, and this they should have done more in the off season. They should have signed more pitching. Wait, wait, okay. wait! They should have. Let me. They enter- should have done more in the off season. <laughs> right. Let me and en- let me just Bro. entertain that. If you're gonna, you want more pitching. If you're gonna make an argument ahead, about them needing more in the off season, the only way that you can make that argument is on the offensive side, because they did pretty much right. nothing for the offense in the in the um, off season. But in the off season, off all season. they did was add pitching. All they did was exactly. add pitching, and you could say exactly. it one way or the other. The reality is, all of them got hurt. It could be a thing of there was guys with injury. I don't think the guys had injury histories, but all the guys got hurt. How was that? That could just be poor roster management or whatever. They got pitching. How could you say that they didn't exactly. get pitching? I wish exactly. the Yankees went so hard after pitching like that or hitting. I just don't think. Yeah, that's how I feel. You basically have to rebuild a starting rotation from scratch. The only person you had on how the contract was Scherzer. In the last two years have you added to that rotation? Six. Right, you you have Five, six. Yeah, something like that. You have Scherzer on the contract. You have Carrasco on the contract, and that was it. And then you add Sanga. You add Quintana. Sanga, everyone wanted to sign, and he's been pretty good so far. He's been, you know, adjusting. Quintana, you, who? No one could tell you they were gonna find a tumor on his rib, and he wouldn't need surgery. You know, that's just it freak injury. Thank God he's okay. But no one's going to say that. Verlander, yeah, he got hurt. You know who else got hurt? And I'm sorry, 
Carlos Rodon hasn't pitched oh, yet. Whoa. I know. But who? there were no other Jacob elite DeGrom's on the pitchers. DeGrom is on the IL already. So who are you signing? Tell me. Who else do you want? I just want to say this you too about Senga. Yeah. Senga was I was think I was trying to think of a comparison. The best one that I could think of was a prime Madison Bumgarner. Where he was just absolutely right. money, incredibly just a dude in the postseason, is responsible for so many rings over in Japan. And you're telling me yeah. you, you wanted that guy and now Yeah. You wanted Verlander, you wanted Senga. You got him. And it's not feasible to be like, all right, then just sign Rodone. No. Steve Cohen may have all the money in the world, but there's a limit. And you had to rebuild a starting rotation. You had to rebuild a bullpen. And, most of this... and the Diaz injury is a freak injury that no one could have seen coming. And before that, they were arguably one of the better bullpens in baseball. And you could also say Steve Cohen has so much money. But you got to realize it. It's at the point where pretty much all of it's coming out of his pocket. Like, it's not coming out of the exactly. Mets revenue or whatever. It's coming out of his pocket, whether it be, like, luxury tax stuff or just being over what the Mets are going to make in a year. Most, a significant yeah. amount of that money. And if you guys are still over the luxury tax in, like, the third year or whatever, I think, like, 70% of it is going to be coming out of his pocket. 75%. Exactly. So you he, can't say he's not spending money. He, right. And, and, you know, everyone is quick. Fire Buck, fire Epler. And look, this is not me defending Epler. He's okay. He's nothing special. But you cannot tell me he built a bad mm. roster. This rotation going into the year was... This isn't just me saying it. A lot of other people said it. A lot of other executives said it. One of the better rotations in baseball. Argument, what's the best rotation in baseball? The Yankees or Mets? Right, Yankees or Mets. And, like we, and both rotations we are like hurt. thinking... Of really any other team. We're thinking just right. Yankees or Mets. Exactly. So you cannot tell me they didn't do enough in the offseason. Sure, you want to talk about the offensive side, but they obviously have guys in the minors who you can call up for offensive help, which they've done. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the reason Epler cited on why they signed so much pitching. I will disagree. Because you the, have guys to call up. I will up. disagree with the offense, but that's... Just because the only reason I'm saying that is because I think you could have got someone better than Tommy Pham for your right-handed DH. I like agree. An AJ Paul and I think the whole... Like the big, yes. like, guy that we both agree on. That's right-handed. really the only oh, yeah. knock I have. Like, I think you def- they definitely could have invested a little bit more money in for right. that. Right. And you can't say they didn't try because they tried to sign Correa. Yeah. Let's not forget yeah. that. They did, they As did much- sign Correa. Sign him, yeah. And look, Correa's not even off to a great start, anyways. So everyone would have been screaming and crying that Correa sucks, and you signed him for eight years or whatever. So look, you're never gonna—it's always a lose-lose situation. But this roster going into the season was one of the better ones, and injuries, underperformance, whatever you want to call it—they're not playing like a good team right now. And the pitching's the problem. The offense isn't. And that's where I'll end it, because I could go yeah. on and on. you have anything else to add before I get into the looking ahead? I completely agree with you. If you think it's on the offense more than the pit, Like, you could say part of it's on the offense, but if you say that it's all on the offense, you, you're in, you yeah. don't watch the games. It, you just don't watch. Yeah. You don't even, you, read, the, you don't even read the box scores. Yeah, exactly. 
go on. But that's enough of that. So let's look ahead to our series in Cincinnati. The Mets open up a three-game series with the Reds Tuesday. Yeah, in Citizens Bank. Not Citizens Bank. Whoopsies. Great American Ballpark. So, game one, Tuesday. Mets are off Monday. Max Scherzer versus Luke Weaver. This Reds rotation isn't great either. Uh, This rotation is on par with how bad the Mets have been. So. Take the over in every game. Yeah, basically. But game two, Verlander and Hunter Green. And then game three, Kodai Senga and Nick Lodolo. So the Mets are getting the two aces, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know if I could call them aces. The, the, better, pit, the better pitchers of the Reds. Mm. Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo are like their one-two for the, of the future. Nick Lodolo is not off to a great start. He has a 6-2-9 ERA. And Hunter Green has been it's solid sweet. at 375. How are the Mets yeah. with fastballs? I'm not sure you off the top of my you head. You better be able to hit the fastball. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, Hunt, Hunt, Hunter Green is the flamethrower. But look, I. this should be a series you win. The Reds are also not a great team. They but, have, you know, ever since I was like... In India, and even then, he's not a... He's not going to be the guy to carry the offense. He's a great supplemental piece, yeah. but he can't be your best hitter. Definitely. And... Look, I, I came into this like little stretch of easy teams. You know, fatten up, pad your stats, all that. They've won one game since. One and five. They won. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, yeah one no, they, yeah, got swept in Detroit. Yeah, I, for, I forgot they got swept in Detroit. Sorry, sorry. But, look, this. They got to turn it around. And the Reds are a team turn the page. to do that. They, they have to turn the page. They do. But, look, the Mets are not playing a good, as a good team right now. The, the pitching is just not where it needs to be. Starters need to go deeper. Bullpen needs to rest. Hopefully this off day Monday kind of helps everyone reset and you go from there. But that's all I got. Yeah. You got anything I'm else good. to add? Yeah, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and yeah. wherever else and you get your podcasts and Spotify. Yes, but thank you guys again. Yeah. yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. See ya.